0: Morning guys, welcome to Tuesday Mana. Um today I have an awesome topic. <laughs> it's maybe not our favorite thing to talk about, but it's important. And as we get into it and really where the state of the world is, where we seem to be going, where the morality of the world stands is not a good thing. It's at a place of destruction. And like we'll see today, that doesn't mean it's not unsalvageable, but who knows what God's plan is. Um, today I want to look at specifically, I feel like we talk a lot about the blessings of being a Christian and how God blesses what. When you're in his will and doing what that is. And today I want to look at a different blessing. A blessing that comes from obedience. Okay. Before we do that though, let's pray. Let's invite God to join us and just speak through his word. Dear Heavenly Father, come before you God. And I thank you so much for this time each morning. God, that we can come together. We can look in your word God, and pull out those truths that we live our lives by. God, we do, in that case, lift up the world around us, God, that seems to be going quickly in the wrong direction. God, nobody is beyond redemption. God, I just pray that you would help us to be salt and light to this world, to show them the right way, God, your way. Lead them to your son, God, and I thank you for that. Go before us. God, as we talk about being obedient to you today, I thank you for that. We pray these things in your name. Everyone said, amen. All right, so before we can jump into obedience, let's just define it. Now, this is from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It's one of my favorites, but it says, obedience, compliance with the command prohibition or known law and rule of duty prescribed the performance of what is required or enjoined by authority or the abstaining from what is prohibited in compliance with the command of the prohibition so either doing what we know is right or staying away from what we know is wrong to constitute obedience the act of forbearance to act must be in submission to authority the command must be known to the person and his compliance must be in consequence of it or it is not obedience. Obedience is not s- synonyms with obsequience, ob- obsequious. The latter often implying meanness or servility, and obedience being merely a proper submission to authority. Obedience is merely a proper submission to authority. That duty which requires Im- that which duty requires implies dignity of conduct rather than servility. Obedience may be voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary obedience alone can be acceptable to God. So cool. Such a cool definition. And I think it's things that we know. We know what obedience is. It's not our favorite thing. But there are so many verses in the Bible that talk about the blessing of obedience. I mean, I was looking first. Obviously, we've heard obeying your parents, honoring your parents. If we look at Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, it says... It's called children and parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Literally obeying your parents can, has a blessing. It's tied to a blessing when we obey our parents. It's tied to living long and prospering in the land. So cool. Today we're looking at specifically obeying God. Because if we have that blessing for obeying our parents, it is earthly. Imagine the blessing that comes from obeying God. Now, a lot of these verses are so cool in what they say. Uh, just the blessing that come from obeying the word of God. How do we obey God? We know his word. We get into his word. We study it. The Holy Spirit instructs us through this. The Holy Spirit instructs us in obedience says in Isaiah 1 19 and 20 if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land eat the good of the land but if you refuse and rebel you shall be eaten by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken if we will listen to what God says because remember we're obedient because God's ways are the right ways God tells us this is how we live our life and when we live our life according to his plan, according to his word, in obedience to God, that's when these blessings come. Um, Psalm 1620 says, Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Whoever gives thought, whoever obeys the word of the Lord, the, the Lord knows the, blam- the days of the blameless. And their heritage will remain forever, Psalm 37, 18 says. He knows the days of the blameless. How are we blameless? By walking in his word, by being obedient to it. Psalm 7, 10, My 10. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. Again, how are we upright? How do we remain upright in heart? By following God's word. So, obedience is crucial when we're looking for blessing and when we're walking with God in the walk that he has called us to, whether that is a plumber, a teacher, <laughs> you know, a football player, whatever God has called you to, if we're walking in that and we're obeying his word, then God is going to bless what we do. God is going to bless that work because we're living the way that he has called. Um, Today, I want to focus on a prophet in the Old Testament who we see disobedience in. You guys all know the prophet of Jonah, right? God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh, um, and preach repentance to them, right? They're about to be destroyed. And God calls him to go to them, to warn them of their destruction so that they may repent and be saved. Because at this point, if they continue to do what they're doing, God's going to destroy them. Jonah, decides instantly that instead of going to Nineveh, he is going to flee to Tarshish. So let's look at this in perspective. If from where Jonah's at, it's 550 miles away from Nineveh, where God calls him. Tarshish is 2,500 miles away. So 2,500 miles Jonah is literally headed 1,950 miles in the opposite direction that God has called him. He's in 100% disobedience. He jumps in a ship for Tarshish and they're getting ready to sail. It's cool though, because as we look at this, God brings Jonah back. Now this isn't the best way. If I'm if I'm in disobedience to God, I hope God doesn't put me in a ship that, you know, cuz God brings a storm upon the ship cuz Jonah is not going in the right way. And it says in verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. This storm was so bad that the ship was about to be broken up. And one thing I want us to notice here is that's not just Jonah's life. In stake right our sin the sin of disobedience when we disobey it doesn't just affect us it affects the people in our ship <laughs> some of the people closest to us which these were different but i think there's similarities we can see our sin of disobedience our sin whatever it may be affects more than just you it affects those in your boat so obviously the men in the boat, they don't know the Lord. They don't know what's going on. So they're starting to draw straws. They're starting to like, we don't want the ship to fall apart. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to. We're going to get rid of them. And Jonah's down in the bottom of the ship asleep. And they come up like, why are you sleeping? We're about to crash here. You need to pray to your God that he would end this. And They go to cast lots to pick the one that God is against. And Jonah says, we're not going to do that. I'm the one. So the next step, so after disobedience, Jonah, first of all, admits his sin. The next step in that process, right? After we have disobeyed, how do we come back? He disobeyed. He he was going 1,950 miles in the wrong direction. The first step to coming back from that It's admitting sin. He admits it to others. Guys, it's not you. It's nobody in the boat. It's me. I serve the God who owns the sea and the land, and I'm not doing what he asks. He says, if you throw me out, the storm will stop. But still, they don't believe him. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to cast cross. We're going to pray. We're going to do this. And then eventually it gets so bad that they have to throw him out. So they throw him to the sea. And when they do so, in verse 15, it says, So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. When they do so, the sea stopped. And here's the cool thing. In his disobedience, in that God still used it, because verse 16 says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows." So Jonah was... Go in the opposite way that he was supposed to. He was in complete disobedience, but because he admitted that sin to others and made the steps to make it right, God used that in a way that others became known and said, "Man, this guy's God is the God." It's you know they feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifices. They used that. God uses that to bring others to Himself. His ways are so much better than ours. So then we know the story, right? After he admits the sin, he admits that it's him, then comes a the repentance. So after he's thrown off the boat, it says a big fish. It does say a fish because there are people that say, no, it's, it's a whale. They're assuming it's a whale. But the Bible says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And jo- Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights the cool picture to the future but from the belly of the fish jonah repents which is the next step after we've disobeyed right after we've missed god we we admit then we repent and if we look at chapter two it's a whole prayer of jonah saying god i was wrong essentially right he prays this and i would like to read it just because it's so cool to god so from the belly of the fish i cried out verse two i cried out to the lord because of my affliction and he answered me out of the belly of sheol i cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep into the hearts of the sea and the floods surround me all your billows and your waves passed over me then i have said. I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even to my soul, the deep closed around me, weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever, yet you have brought me up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into the holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I vowed. Salvation of the Lord, is of the Lord. And after he prayed this, God spoke to the fish, and the fish vomited him out. And then it wasn't just a prayer. It wasn't just, you know what? I'll do better, God. I will do this. The next step was he acted, and he went to Nineveh, where God called him. And God blessed What his obedience, just like we talked about earlier, when we are obedient to what God has to say, God will bless what we have in front of us. That doesn't mean we won't face hard times. We've been over that. We'll go through hard times, but God is with us through every stage. God was with Jonah in the fish and in the storm. But he blessed his obedience because, I can't talk today. Jonah went to Nineveh. To preach to them, to tell them that they were nearing destruction. And because he did that, God blessed that, and the whole city repented towards close, repented to God. And God spared the city. And that's amazing. Now it's, you know, that's not the end of the story, because then Jonah went with his own thought. Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed. He had heard of Nineveh's deeds, and he was acting as judge i'm going to destroy that city right i'm going to go in repent i'm going to tell them of repentance tell them of the destruction coming and god will destroy them he went in with his own plan in mind but we know that that's not what happened right we know that god spared them and it's really cool because we know that he gets he after he gets done preaching he goes up on a hill to watch god destroy Nineveh and he's sitting there and he starts to get hot so god builds that plant so that he has shade and then the plant dies and he curses the plant and essentially said it's better for me to die than to live right he's so caught up in his own thoughts he's so caught up in what he did and i love how the lord redirects him in verses 9 through 11 he says of chapter 4 then god said to jonah is it right for you to be angry about the plant and he said jonah It is right for me to be angry, even to death. But the Lord said, You have had pity on the plant, for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? So God puts Jonah right, right? God's ways are not our ways sometimes in obedience we think we can use god as our own personal genie well if i do this for god then god will do that for me but that's not how it works when we're obeying we are god's servants god uses us and has called us to further his kingdom right to bring glory to his name to bring people to jesus so that they might be saved to Preach repentance to those that are about to be destroyed. And when we're obedient to that, God blesses it in a way that we could never do. We can reach 120,000 people by just preaching because God blesses that like he did with Jonah. What you do, God uses and the people around you see it. And they see that there's something different. And again, when we are obedient... When we are following what God says, that's when those blessings come. Now, like I said, that doesn't make our life easier, but man, is it amazing to watch God bless what we're doing in our obedience. But I, there's so many cool things we could say. We know that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And when we follow his word in obedience, he is with us, right? The Holy Spirit is our helper to guide us through this life. So here's my challenge this week, guys. There's something in your life that God has called you to obedience. My challenge for you is to give it to him and see the blessings that come. Say, God, I'm going to be obedient in reading your word every day and praying, and lifting up this one person, and reaching out, maybe in giving up that addiction that I have that isn't healthy. Give that to God, and keep walking that walk that he has called you to, and see him bless it. Have a great week, guys.